Lucian was a Parisian, Sylvester was a Roman, and I was just some guy who had fucked up his travel arrangements. A homeless person. Sat there bathed in the pink glow from DateMe.com's website, I understood now why Gertrude, our HR lady, had been so reluctant to give me the alarm code for the building the previous Friday. I thought it was because nobody worked weekends in laid-back Amsterdam. Little did I know that it was because Sylvester and Lucien were coming in and obviously would not welcome distractions. I couldn't tell her I only wanted to check out the local pussy on my desktop, and she couldn't tell me they didn't want me working on a new campaign. But I was there, and even though I wished I could disappear, I couldn't. I knew what they were working on because I had already been cc'd on the brief. It was the same brief as always. Make safety interesting. The office location might have changed, but Olufsen's creative brief remained constant. I was expected to work on it with them, but I knew they'd kill any idea of mine before I even uttered it. And yet, if I was to justify being taken into their fold, I'd need to at least pretend to come up with something. I stared at my screen. Now I was miserable, too. Norwegian summers are short, and the resident reindeer needs to make the most of the newly sprouted pastures. The more he fattens in preparation for the cold months ahead, the more attractive he becomes to the other local resident, the mosquito. Before long, the huge antlered animal is barely visible through a whining, hovering haze, not so much a reindeer being harassed by mosquitoes as a cloud of mosquitoes in the shape of a reindeer. The humidity, combined with the moisture from the fjords, provides the ideal breeding ground for the mosquito. And for the reindeer herders, a swarm of mosquitoes is better than a sheepdog. They wait, chatting and smoking on higher, cooler ground for the exhausted beasts to shuffle meekly into harness. But this one, not content with being bullied uphill, kicks and bucks as he tries to unseat the multitude of insects. He escapes into sharp focus only to succumb once more to the blur. This is repeated until the energy expended requires a return to grazing, which is apparently unacceptable because suddenly the reindeer-shaped mosquito cloud ejects the real-life reindeer into one fresh, clean, breezy moment of freedom and into the fjord below. Yorta I love the reindeer story. I can definitely identify. In all of Dead Queen's very black-and-white profile pictures, she appeared luminously beautiful in sultry poses wearing an assortment of black leather and lingerie. In one particularly successful picture, she paid homage to Charlotte Rampling's famous pose from The Night Porter complete with long-sleeved evening gloves and Nazi hat. She was lost-looking in a soon-to-be-dead sort of way, as if her last earthly exhalation would be an orgasm. She owned a small gallery in Budapest called Poisoned Reservoir and visited Amsterdam regularly for inspiration. She wrote poems and attached them to her handmade dead baby dolls. I was allowed to know this much over the phone, but she waited until we met to tell me she was an albino who dyed her hair black and wore contact lenses. I'd never met an actual albino before. She certainly was extremely pale, but no more so than I'd seen on a Dublin bus. It immediately explained why all her pictures were black and white and why she looked so good in them. At this point, we were on her black leather couch in her black walled apartment overlooking the Vondel Park, and though it was no more than 6.30 p.m., it was almost totally dark in there because she draped veils over all the lights and closed the blinds. She could be exposed to daylight for only a limited length of time. All signs indicated that I was about to fuck my first vampire until I declined a beer in favor of a water.
You're not an AA, are you? Well, actually, yes, I am. I left the gap for the inevitable gush of admiration. I fucking hate AA. While her alcoholic heroin addict ex-husband had been an AA, his sponsor had insisted that she attend meetings too. And while she sat in Al-Anon meetings, her husband sold the furniture to feed his habit. When she confronted him about it, he threw her down the same stairs we had just ascended. She pointed almost proudly to the areas of her face where she'd had extensive surgery. The rhinoplasty had cost extra. If she ever tracked him down, she would round up some of the boys and have the word rapist tattooed on his forehead. It was at this point that she mentioned that her best friend was president of the Hells Angels in Budapest. I could have used that water now, but I was too afraid to speak. Still recovering from the shock of uncovering an AA member in her own home, on her couch, no less. She seemed